I'm ready to preach after that singing. I hope you're ready to listen. We, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 28 today. Acts chapter 28, as we are turning there, it's good to see each of you here today. And those that are watching online, we're thankful that you're able to join us here in our service today. We have lots of folks that are still out and um, uh, some that are sick. I want you to pray if you would, please put these down on a prayer list someplace and pray for Lorraine uh, Danforth. She um, was in the hospital or is in the hospital. She went in this week for a situation and they did surgery. And when they were doing surgery, they found out she has cancer. And um, so pray for Earl and Lorraine. Uh, Danforth, during this time, there's not a whole lot of information yet on what that uh, type of cancer it is, but they're doing some testing this week. And so I know they would appreciate your prayers. Also, if you would pray for uh, Beth Merrick, this is Bob's wife, Bob and Beth Merrick. Beth, they think, had a stroke, and she is in ICU on a ventilator right now. Um, so if you'd please pray for Beth Beth Merrick and her husband, Bob. Also continue to pray for Doug. Uh, Lord has allowed Doug to come home. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, Lord's answering prayer. They um, uh, just in need of a lot of prayer, still a lot of healing. Also just in need of some financial uh, needs as well. One of the medications that um, he is on um, after the insurance pays their portion of it out of pocket for them, it's about $7,000. Um, a month. And so uh, just pray the Lord would supply uh, that need. Their family set up a a GoFundMe account. I know several folks had called the church and asked if we were helping. We were able to help them some this week. Um, But if you'd like to give, you can do that. Um, If you want to give through the church, every penny, obviously, when someone gives toward uh, someone in need, uh, specifically, every every penny goes to that person. So if you'd like to help with that, um, you can use their GoFundMe account or Uh, give through the church. We would make sure they get that offering. Also pray for um, the Skyver family. We prayed uh, last week. This is Henry Cockrell's uh, brother-in-law. We prayed last week for him. He was in the hospital with COVID and he passed away this week. And so if you please pray for the Skyver family. Also, we want to congratulate um, Taylor and Chelsea Manus on the birth of their little girl this week. And we had one last week that was nine pounds I think we had another one that was nine pounds and five ounces. So we were waiting for Chelsea's baby um, to see if she was going to get the um, Chubby Baby Award. And um, she came in at seven pounds and five ounces. Is that right? Like that's two pounds below. Yeah, a dainty little thing. And so we'll, um, do you see it? She can sign language and talk at the same time. She is so talented. So, um, yeah, so congratulations to the Manus family on the birth of their uh, baby. And so uh, that's always fun. It's always exciting to have new babies, uh, especially in the beginning of a new year like this. And so we praise the Lord for that. All right, Acts chapter number 28. Acts 28. We um, come through the book of Acts. We've been in this book a long time, I know, taking some breaks here and there for... Uh, different um, uh, messages, but um, I want to complete this book, finish this thought as we come here to Acts. I tell you, think about for a moment with me all that's transpired in this book from the beginning of of, uh, the church uh, coming together in Jerusalem and just imagine the Spirit of God coming down on that place. And I know the Spirit of God is not just an emotion. 
I know it's not just um, feelings, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's God's spirit coming down and meeting with us. What a powerful thing that is. I think when the church comes together, that ought to be our goal every time. That the spirit of God meet with us. That we're moved by what the spirit is doing in us. That he is convicting us of, of any sin that's in our life. And we're confessing that and we're, we're right with God. He's moving in the life of those that don't know Christ as their Savior, and he's, he's, he's convicting them of the need of, of the Savior, and then they are trusting Jesus by faith and receiving that gift of everlasting life. It's wonderful when God does that. They say church is one of those things less and less people are attending. Just several years ago, 68% of people believed in God and and uh, thought that God was an important part of their life. I just read a statistic this week in America. It's down to 38% of Americans believe that God is real and is an essential part of their life. It's sad, sad state. I don't think that the world was any different back when the book of Acts was written in the beginning of the church. The difference was the fact that those that knew God lived it, and they shared it. They took seriously what that command was to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. And I'll tell you, when, when the world sees that there's something different about the Christian, and that difference is the spirit of God upon them, that's what we long for. That's what we want. Paul is coming to the end of, of his journey here to Rome. And the Bible says in verse number 11, after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria. Just remember, uh, if you would with me there, ship was wrecked there uh, on this island due to the storm Eurachlodon. They aren't able to get back onto this ship, but, but there's a ship there um, and uh, Castor and, and Pollux is the, is the captain of that ship, a ship out of Alexandria. It's there on this island where they shipwrecked because it was simply there for, for the winter. It wasn't going to brave the, the storms that uh, uh, come through that area. It was the captains were wise enough to realize we'll get to this place, we'll harbor down for these months. Now the weather has changed and they're able to now uh, uh, cast off from this island. And, and so all of the 276 men, the, the, the people, the soldiers and the prisoners that these soldiers are, are taking to Rome now board this ship. And they set sail. And the Bible tells us they land in a, uh, at Syracuse and they tarried there three days. And from thence we fetched a compass and came to Regium. And after one day, the south wind blew. We came next day to Petula. We, we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. So we went toward Rome. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Epi Forum in the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with the soldier that kept him. Father, would you speak to us this morning? Lord, my spirit is encouraged. 
Lord, we've lifted our voice up and we've, we've praised your son, Jesus Christ, this morning. We've exalted him in, in this place. Lord, there are some that have come here, they're wearied. There's some that have come here, they've got news this week. I, I think of uh, families that um, have deaths in their families, the Cockrell family and the Skyver family. Lord, they've come here bearing, bearing burdens. I think of the Vaughn family, who's, he's lost several uncles to COVID this year, this past year. Lord, and there's many others. They're suffering. And they came here into this place this morning, Lord, and we, we've put that behind us for these few moments, and we exalted Jesus Christ. We've magnified you. We've sung about you. Lord, we invite your spirit to work. We come here with softened hearts. Lord, we want to be pleasing to you this morning. We, we desire for your church to be alive, to be moving forward, to be focused upon eternity. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit would meet with us in a powerful way today. Encourage your people. Strengthen your people. And Lord, I pray that if there's sin in our lives, that we would confess it. Lord, you are a great God. You are a gracious God and a loving God. But Lord, you are also a God of justice and God of judgment. And so Lord, we don't come here and ask you to change to meet us. We come here to change to meet with you. And so Spirit of God work, I pray. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're, we're here in this, this last chapter, and Paul's voyage is, is almost complete. I, part of me is excited to be done this book of Acts, and part of me is not, because we're getting, just seems like every chapter we learn something new, something exciting, something that we can apply. But Paul is coming to the end of his voyage. He's coming down to Rome. He's going to be a, a prisoner now in Rome, and he's going to be awaiting trial. Once he gets to Rome, there's going to be a lot of time that he just is there in this, in this house, and, and uh, he's, he's not in a, a cell, per se, like maybe other criminals, but because of the favor they found with Paul, I'm sure this storm has a lot to do with it. Paul is going to be more in a, in a home with just simply a, a guard around him, and, and there's going to be a lot of people. The end of this chapter tells us a lot of people come and visit Paul. We, we know that uh, uh, the church at Philippi sends gifts and, and help to Paul while he's in Rome. And so we come down to the end of this, this journey that Paul is on. And be, because of this storm, Eurachlodon, so much in Paul's life has changed. I, I just want you to think about this. Just as we've come to chapter number 28, Paul gets on this voyage to Rome, not realizing, and none of those that are on this voyage realize what's going to happen on this voyage. There's a great storm that comes, and this storm changes everything about their journey. The ship that they uh, boarded, this large ship with 276 people on this ship, is now broken of no use any longer. They become shipwrecked on this island. Their, their time is delayed. The time now on this island was three months. They never even intended to be on this island, let alone be there for three months. They've stayed there through the winter. They spend time on this island, and then as they begin to leave this island, 
they realize this, none of this was part of their plan. They've been shipwrecked and they've been on this island for three months and their voyage isn't even complete. They've not yet even arrived in Rome. Now, as we come to verse number 11, there's a new ship. There's new captains. Some believe this, these, these two men that are mentioned in verse number 11 are, are, are brothers, twin brothers that are taking, that are, are captains of the ship and they understand the, the seas better maybe than the first captain of the ship. And so they're in good hands. They get on this ship with these two brothers and they arrive safely in Rome. But it's not what their plan was. There's a new course to take. I want to point out the phrase that I want us to consider this morning. There's just really two things I want to point out this morning. Uh, It doesn't mean that I'm only going to preach two-thirds of the time I normally preach. It just means I want to take and point out two things this morning. But I want you to consider two things. And the first I want you to consider is in verse number 13. After everything I said, new, new ship, three months later, their, their, their life has changed. This is not what any of them had thought. In verse number 13, this phrase I want us to notice, and from thence, we fetched a compass. From thence, we, we fetched a compass. I want you to put that phrase in your thoughts here. And really, I, I like the phrase of that, those words here in the Bible here, we fetched a compass because even the the wording of that is maybe different than we would normally talk in today's language. We, We might have said this, I looked at a compass or we found a compass. We fetched a compass. And when the storms of life have shaken you, when the plan that you had or the life that you had didn't work as you thought and when adjustments have had to be made, I want you to write this down in your memory and don't forget this. Be, be sure to fetch a compass. What, what is a compass? What, what, what is the importance of this compass? It's an instrument that gives direction. It's, it's, it's not only just an instrument that gives direction, it's a trusted instrument that always points north. Now, I, I'm not a captain of a ship. I, I, I don't really like water. I don't know how to swim. I've been on one boat, and I've told you about that several times, and I'll never do it again, uh, out in the Atlantic Ocean. I have no desire I, I know, though, that a compass isn't just used when you're on a boat. A compass could be used if you're lost in the woods. A compass is used in your vehicle. Compass, what a compass does, it, it shows you the direction of north, so then you know the direction that you ought to be. We, we have a, a couple farmers in our church. And um, uh, I've, I've talked with them in something that really uh, throws me. I call them tractors. I guess the actual word is called a combine, right? Is that what the, the actual word? Some of you farmers help me out there. When I say tractor, I can tell they just kind of look at me and say, you little city slicker. Yeah, it's a tractor. <laughs> it's a combine. It, combine it, it, and what I understand from what they tell me is you can just get into these things and just press a button and they do all the work. 
they know where to, to go. They know what to do. They know how far to go. They know where to, to plow or pluck up or whatever a combine does. It, it, uh, it knows what to do because it has a GPS. That GPS gives it direction. That GPS shows it. And so what, how a GPS works is what it first understands is where is north. And from there, it can figure everything else out. And I thought that wording was so interesting when he said we fetched a compass. What they were needing is something that is reliable. What does a compass do? It sets you back on track when you've lost your way or you've lost direction or you're in an unknown place. That's the benefit of a compass. Now, Paul has, in all of those on this, on this ship that was shipwrecked, they've been through a great storm. I mean, their life is turned upside down. They're, they've spent three months on an island they never thought they would spend it on. They've met people, and, and they've been involved in things. And, and this Eurachlodon, this incredible storm that of a magnitude you, 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 no one's probably ever been in before, this, this storm that it just shook them to their core. And it isn't, well, we just got back up and and got back at it. They got back up and they put a compass in their life to be sure that because of the storm, because of the, the issues they've had, they put the compass in their life to be sure they were back on course. Now, stay with me. What's the best thing all of us can do right now in our lives? Because the reality is this, we've all been in a storm. Matter of fact, for us, we're still in a storm. Our nation is in a storm. Our, 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 our lives are in a storm. I think of the Skyver family, their, their life is in a storm. I talked to Earl last night, and, and his family is in a storm. There, there's many in this room that, that just by coming into a new year, it didn't mean that all of the storms are gone. There's many that were hoping that 2021 would be just different, and, and we would the ball would drop, and the new day would begin, and oh, it's just nothing but all these blessings. But the reality is this, there's a storm, and, and what we must do is we must fetch a compass to be sure we're going the right direction. What compass is that? Church, this morning, I want to challenge every single one of us whether you're here, whether you're watching online, whether you hear this message on our TV program next week, what every one of us must do right now is we must allow God's word to be our guide. There's such division. After months of confusion, after months of storms, We must live our lives or plan our course or get back with the word of God as our guide. 
Well, listen to me. The world is in chaos, but the Christian doesn't have to be. The world doesn't know what tomorrow is going to hold, but the Christian does. Listen to me, at any moment, that trump can sound. That trump is going to sound. I don't even want to say can sound. It's going to sound. There's going to be a, a, a moment, a twinkle of an eye, that we're going to be gone. We're going to be raptured out of this place and forever be with Jesus Christ. And listen to me, as we see, as we see this world uh, coming to the place it's coming to, as we see confusion, as we see uh, uh, a peril, as we see uh, a post-Christian society, as we see a, a turning from God, what we see is biblical prophecy being fulfilled. We see the Son of God is going to return. We as a Christian, we need to get back to where the Word of God is our compass. Listen, we well, don't have to live in fear. I was so encouraged this morning, and, 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 and just the, the songs, just, just as we were singing about Jesus, it encourages me this morning that we have someone to sing about, because we have someone that we have confidence in, and he left us his word. Maybe you're off course this morning. Check yourself with the word of God. Let's get back on course. Fetch ourselves a compass today. Oh, I, 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 I asked the Lord as I was studying this week, Lord, make sure that this church this year in 2021, give us that compass. May we have a desire to fetch a compass for our church because just because we come together doesn't mean that we're coming together for the right things. May every time we come together, we come together to magnify Jesus Christ, to preach the word of God, to allow the spirit of God to lead us and guide us and direct us. I, I want to challenge our church this new year. May all of us remain on course. And the only way that we as a Christian can remain on course is by the spirit of God and the word of God being our compass. The Bible says this, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know what that studying is? The studying is the word of God. Why is that so important to study the word of God, to show ourselves approved unto God? Because the word of God is our compass. If we're not careful, when storms come, we can begin to think on our own understanding. But the Bible says not to think your own understanding, but all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Oh, listen to me, we're in storms in our lives and life experience isn't enough to get you through. Drawing from your past isn't enough to get you through. Get, uh, mustering up your own strength inside is not enough to get you through. What's going to get us through these storms? What's going to get us until the last day where we can see Jesus Christ coming for his bride? is if we stay on course, if the word of God is our compass. Search the scriptures. Oh, I pray this year more than ever, we are knowledgeable in the word of God. We know what the word of God says. We live the word of God. Get into the word of God. Study the word of God. Whatever you know, know why you believe it. Not just because someone told it to you. Not just because someone sh uh, uh, shared it with you. Not just because you read it someplace. But know what the Bible says and be grounded in what the Bible says and believe what the Bible says because you've studied the Bible yourself. I said to my, Michelle yesterday, I said, oh, I wish I wouldn't have read this. I spent several things in... Oh my, you know, if, 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 you, if you believe everything that you read, you'd never leave your house. I mean, you, you just live in fear constantly. And I mean, I, I, somebody sent me an article and, 
And um, don't send me articles on Saturday night, please. Because I feel like I have to read them. And, and I said to Michelle, I said, get ready, babe. I hope you have about six weeks worth of food. And, and I said, I think we should go get a generator. The electric's going to go off. We're going to run out of food. And, and uh, there's no ammo left. And, and, uh, um, uh, you know, and she said, I, I just went food shopping. We got plenty of ammo. And, and um, uh, don't worry, you, you need to diet anyways. I mean, that, how, how nice is that? We just got candles. I said, we're in trouble. And then we bring back into the perspective the word of God. Oh, listen to me. We're not to live in fear. We don't need to live in fear. We've got the truth of the word of God. Know why you believe what you believe. In a season of such political turmoil, in a season of such uh, 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 physical turmoil, don't just repeat talking points. Don't just believe what you hear. Put on a compass. Fetch a compass and put a compass to it to check your direction. Make sure that it always points north. Be sure the word of God is charting our course. Oh, when I read this passage of scripture, boy, I was just so stirred by this. Yes, they've been in a storm. And yes, three months of their life has, 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 has uh, uh, not been what they planned. But before they set course, they checked a compass. And oh, listen to me, before we set course, let's check a compass. Be sure the word of God is charting your course. Ephesians 4.27, I asked our church on Wednesday to uh, uh, write this down. I, I, said, I said to the uh, uh, church, write this down on a three-by-five card, and somebody re- rem- reminded me, we don't use three-by-five cards anymore. We have smartphones, you know? But they're all going to stop working or something I read last night. So go back to three-by-five cards and write this down. Write this down and put it in a place that you don't forget it this kind of this theme that I have for, for myself and this, this challenge I gave to our church on Wednesday, Ephesians 4.27 says this, neither give place to the devil. You, you know what would be great if all of us memorized that verse? Neither give place to the devil. It's a short verse. And put it in a place that we're constantly reminded of, neither give place to the devil. He he wants you to think that north is this way or that way, or it's constantly changing. You know, north, it never changes. God's word never changes. The compass, the Holy Spirit of God never changes. Now, Satan, you give place to him, he'll think that things, he'll cause you to think that things are falling apart, that God uh, uh, got off the throne, that he's not in control, that humankind isn't important to you. But I want to remind you that humankind is so important to God that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be redeemed back to him for all of eternity. God has not turned his eye on this earth. God has not forgotten about you as an individual. You are a child of God if you're saved. God cares about you. God loves you. He is in control. His spirit is still guiding his church. The word of God is still true. That Christian still has a compass. Neither give place to the devil, church. Don't give him place. Don't give him place in your marriage. Put a compass back on your marriage. Put a compass back on your relationship with your spouse. More than ever, more than ever, we need godly marriages in 2021. Marriages don't have to fail. Marriages don't have to end up in, in, in ruins. 
How do I keep my marriage strong? Fetch a compass in your marriage. That compass is the word of God. Line it up with the word of God. Put a compass in your friendships. Put a compass in your thoughts. Fetch a compass in your behavior. Fetch a compass in your work life. Listen to me, more than ever, we as Christians, we need to set our course, being sure that our course is in line with the compass of God's word. The compass, I want you to see what the compass did to them. They set sail. In verse number 13, they fetched a compass. And that compass brought them the next day to Petula. Now, something's interesting there. Again, I just want to show you two things. I'm done with the first. Here we go, number two. By putting that compass, the Bible says it brought them to a, another place. And I want you to see something that they discovered at that, another, at that other place. Verse number 14, what's that next phrase? Just four words here in my Bible. Where we found brethren. The compass led them to a place where they found the brethren. And, and, and in this place, I want you to see something that happened. The end of verse number 15, just for sake of time, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God. And what's that next phrase? And took courage. What, what caused him to take courage? His brethren. What did he thank God for? His brethren. Paul just got out of a storm. Paul, just again, think about this. Paul is on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar for simply preaching the gospel. Paul is not sure if his life's going to be taken, if he's going to be uh, persecuted. He's not sure what life's going to bring. On this path, on this journey, Paul faces the worst storm that they could have ever faced, this Eurachlodon. The, the, his life is in jeopardy. They, they get out of this ship because it's broken. They have to swim themselves to this island. For three months, they stay on this island. It's, it's unsure of what tomorrow's going to hold. He's not even sure if he's going to get to Rome and with those 276 others because of this storm, because of this tragedy, because of the situation in his life. But Paul was encouraged because when they fetched the compass, it brought them to a place where the brethren were. And when he came to that place, the Bible says he took courage. Secondly, just write this down in your place. It's important to be found in the place of the brethren a place of encouragement, a place of strength. Paul found courage to continue his journey. The compass led them to where it was needed, where they, what they needed on their journey. And listen to me, church, we need the brethren. Let me say that again. We need the brethren. We need encouragement. That, that's why the Bible talks about forsaking out the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but to encourage one another, to, to strengthen one another, because we are living in difficult seasons. And we need the brethren. 
That's why in the word of God, uh, we won't take the time to go to each of these places, but the Bible says to tarry one for another. When you come together at the Lord's Supper, as you come together for communion, he says, tarry one for another. Serve one another. The Bible also says to bear ye one another's burdens. That's the, the, the help of the brethren. Someone comes to the church. Somebody comes to the to brethren. That's what we see here with Paul. Paul just got through a storm. He's been on this island for three months, but he's got courage. He's getting ready to go to Rome. He's going to have to stand before Caesar, give an account of his life, give an account of why he's there. And, and he was encouraged. He got strength. He, he, he got courage because the brethren strengthened him. I think church is still important, don't you? I think being around the brethren is important. It brings strength. I, I, I kind of like being around someone that is also singing the same song about Calvary, about the blood of Jesus, about our Savior, about the Word of God, about our Heavenly Father. I like lifting our hands up and our voices up to the Lord. I, I like to hear uh, my brethren pray. I like to hear uh, my brethren speak. I like to be around my brethren, encourage one another. The Bible says also comfort one another. Tearing one another allows us, uh, is, a, is a, a reason for us to be together, bearing each other's burdens. We need to be together. Comfort one another. We need to be together. The Bible also tells us to pray one for another. These are all things that we're commanded to do in the New Testament. We need the brethren and the cistern. <laughs> I know what a cistern is. We, we have city water. We don't need a cistern, but we need the sisters in Christ. I'm going to scratch out of my notes for next service. <laughs> you know, storms can keep us from the brethren. In church, Satan seeks to divide. He seeks to divide the church. He seeks to divide the family. You know... I don't have to get fighting to ruin my marriage. I just need to not spend time with my wife. I don't need to fight with my kids in order for them to grow and not honor me. I just need to live a life not spending time with them. I think the demise in our homes, meant much of it is because the parents are too busy. The demise in our, in our, in our uh, marriages is because we're too busy. We, we, we run 100 miles an hour in opposite directions, and we come together at night, and we're so tired, we just, we just fall asleep and get up the next day and, and go at it again. For too many marriages, it's now we're roommates instead of partners we live in the same home under the same roof, but we don't have anything in common anymore. We're not fighting. We don't have time to fight. I hear it too often. We've just fallen out of love. No, because you've let, you've let a place for the devil in your life. Putting the word of God, putting a compass, fetching a compass, puts you with the brethren. And oh, listen to me. Your brethren, oh, my friend, is also those that you live with. Spend more time with your spouse. Spend time with your children. Spend time with fellow believers in Christ. 
Because Satan's going to do everything he can to divide us. We need to fetch a compass. Today, it's good for all of us to come to the place where we say we're navigating a course. We're setting sail. Oh, the ship we were in might be broken. We might find ourselves in a new ship, in a new phase of life, in a, in a different place than we thought we would be in. And, and, and time is gone, and, and, and we can't get that back. But what we can decide to do is, as we set course, the Word of God is our guide. The Word of God is always going to lead us to a place of encouragement, a place to get us courage, a place of our brethren, Find strength today. Christian, find hope today. Find rest in him today. Find assurance in the word of God today. You know, I'm, I'm all for recycling. I like to do it sometimes when I'm not lazy. But I hear people say, man, the, the earth's going to, we only have, you know, 10 years left on the earth. It's going to go away. It's going to implode. It's going to be gone. They need to fetch a compass. Because any day, any given day, there is 1,007 years left on this earth. That's what the Bible says. Now, now. If you're a tree hugger, don't go out and say that I don't recycle. I do. I, I, I recycle. I even break down my cardboard and when, I, when I put it in the dumpster so that others can put more in. I, do, I follow the rules. But I'm simply saying we don't need to get hysterical. We got a compass. Let's leave here today using our compass. Let's leave here today with our compass being our guide. Our compass brings us to the brethren where we get strengthened, where we take courage, where we tarry one for another, where we bear each other's burdens, where we comfort one another, where we pray for one another. Let that be our testimony. Let's be light. Let's be salt.